0: I'm Becky Harmon, author and worker bee here at the Bella Books Warehouse in Tallahassee, Florida. Bella Books is proud to be the largest lesbian-owned press devoted to the publication of books written for, by, and about women loving women. Welcome to our What's New at Bella podcast. I am so excited to welcome today's guest, my friend and fellow Bella Books author, Jesse Chandler. Jesse is the (laughs) award-winning author of Shea O'Hanlon Caper series and the National Protection and Investigation Unit Operation
1: Series. That's a horrible multiple. I never should have named it that. <laughs> Ever. And now it's, the, the new book is linked to that now, too, so it's got to stay.
0: Jesse has two, two adorable for their own good pooches that allow Jesse and her wife of 20 years to hang with them in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I'll stop reading from Jessie's bio and add that she now has three dogs and three cats. That's about right. Okay. Yep. When Jessie isn't writing, you can find her selling t-shirts, books, and other assorted fun stuff at festivals, craft shows, and a multitude of other strange locations. You can check out Jesse's website at jessiechandler.com. Which, let me say, before I give you a chance to talk, your website's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. You have a, oh, really? Yeah, you have a great website. I mean, it's very informative oh, good. and
1: good. All kinds of stuff in there. So people should go and check it. You know, out. Sean is really good at like website stuff and I'm not. So, I was bitching one day and she said, "Want me to do your website?" And I said, "Yeah, that'd be awesome." So that's how that happened. That's all Sean Marie. I'm supposed to send her things to put on there, and it doesn't always happen. I mean, On my end, it doesn't always happen. So she's trying to watch out to see when I'm doing something and then sticks it up. Well, it looks great.
0: Did you grow up in Minneapolis? Have you lived
1: there your whole life? No, I grew up in a a small town uh, 90 miles kind of north and and east of the cities in Wisconsin, a small town of uh, like 850 people. And my mom was a teacher down in the city in Minneapolis. And so I lived with my grandparents and she would come up on weekends to see me and sometimes on Wednesdays and so I went to kindergarten up there and then when I was six she brought me down to the elementary school she taught at and so then I went through the the school system down in a suburb of Minneapolis called Brooklyn Center so I kind of got the you know the taste of both worlds the small town thing and the big town thing and it was really hard initially because i missed my grandparents so much Mm -hmm. because they'd been kind of more parental than my own mom but then once I got over that part I was so happy to go through school down here because there were many more opportunities. So I wound up on a downhill racing team, um, did things that they wouldn't have up there at all. So it was ultimately a good thing. And now I I can go home and I, I can real happy to leave. (laughs) Is your mom still in Minneapolis? My mom died in 2008 from lung cancer.
0: I'm so sorry. And
1: uh, my dad died before I was born. So I don't know anything on his side. I just know on my mom's side. So we, we whittled down to a pretty small family. We had my mom and my grandma and grandpa and my mom and her sister. And her sister's three kids. Well, my grandma and grandpa passed away and my aunt just died last year at 90, which was really, she was the matriarch. So that was really tough. And then uh, one of my cousins passed away from breast cancer about four years ago. So now it's basically me and my two cousins. And then uh, there's three kids out of those three, out of those people. So it gets and, pretty small, pretty quick. <laughs> and the aunt that <laughs> passed away last year is who yeah. Tubbs is at, in your book? Yes. Yes. It's my Auntie Pearl. <laughs> yeah. This book has been stirring around inside me for well before my cousin got sick. Uh, so probably six years. And it was just supposed to be super simple. It was supposed to be a an art thief who steals art that's been stolen from the appropriate people and it brings she brings it back you know for a reward or whatever I mean simple and (laughs) when I was about to start working on it is when my cousin got sick and she would come down from Grantsburg which is 15 miles from Siren that's where my other cousins live and I would have to take her to radiation and chemo down at one of the hospitals in the city so that took up a good portion of months and months so at that moment in time and probably because i was just so distraught that i could focus on that but i had no time to sit down and write so i i had all this stuff in my head and it was just dangbusters. and then she she died and things got crazy and and uh, i think it might have been right around the time that the fifth shay book came out uh, blood money murder mm-hmm. so um Maybe it was a year before that. I can't remember. So I was probably working on blood money, needed to get that finished first. And then uh, just right at the the end of that, in 2016, we wound up moving up from a suburb of Minneapolis to St. Joseph, which is a town of 6,500, just on the outskirts of a bigger town called St. Cloud, which has maybe, I don't know, 75,000 people. So it's not big, but it's not tiny either. But it's very red and very, very much not
0: great. Fit <laughs>
1: in lovely
0: there, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. So, <laughs> so yeah, the my whole routine had been, you know, just kind of tossed out the window. All this stuff that I used to do, the times I would go right, all of that stuff was just kind of, you know, shattered. And in trying to reestablish pattern or, uh, you know, a routine for it, I wound up, well, we moved up here uh, with our best friend Angel and her daughter Kayla. So now there's two more people in the house. One's a teenager. And so it's just been crazy. And that was, you know, another big part of the, the whole thing. You know, I'm usually up till three in the morning writing and pretty soon I've gotta be quiet and not that I'm loud, but you know, it gets <laughs> You're so loud when you write more complicated than it was when it's just me and Betty. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah. And then yep. you win there's up dogs the dog, involved. So yep.
0: Can name your doggies and your kitties.
1: Oh, okay. My dogs, I've got three dogs. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> uh, there's Fozzie Bear I and love then there's Fozzie Ollie. Bear. And then we've had them for about eight years. And what kind are they? Oh, they're a a Shih Tzu Cavalier King Charles combination, which they don't really resemble one or the other a lot, but they're really scrappy and they're just perfect because I'm scrappy. So, and then we've got three cats. We've got Mama Cat and we've got Dorito, who's a female, and we've got Charlie, who's the boy, and they're Mama's kids. And it's been an interesting trying to get cats, getting along with dogs. We're yeah. improving. Things are improving. So
0: And your third dog.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Nato. His name is Nato because we got him <laughs> on a day there was a tornado warning. So, Tornado Nato. Um But I can't call anything what it's supposed to be. And I really hated him for like a year. So, I'd be out Aww. walking him and I'm like, potato, go to the bathroom. Potato, go poop. Or, or, tater tot, do this, or. And then it became Kato, do that. So, <laughs> he, yeah, he's got like six names. Poor guy. And now he has But I like him now. Uh,
0: now he has love. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah,
1: so I, I do love him very much. He's so cute. <laughs> Cut. What breed is he? Well, he's from the pound. So, we think he's part um, Jack Russell. And they teased me that he might be part Chihuahua, and I'm not a fan. And so I said he better not be. <laughs> so, I don't think he is. So, I don't know. One day, maybe we'll do the, the DNA test, and I can say, hey, he's not that. Ollie's appeared. Yay, come here, buddy. Ollie. Come here. come here, buddy. Come here. Come here, buddy. Oh, come here. One, two, three, up. Ugh. There's Ollie, who's also <laughs> called Wally or Singaling. <laughs> or, yes, I got into the dog food today, and I chewed a hole in the bag. It was great. Um... So much fun. They are so yeah.
0: cute. When you post pictures of them, I think the names, <laughs> too, Fuzzy Bear and Ollie, it just fits them so much.
1: <laughs> it works out okay, actually. So, yeah. you hey, what are you doing? That's rock, not food. Oh, there. It's all the same. It's all the same. Yep, pretty much. We'll be right
0: back with Jesse after a short break. wheels against the road quickens with my heart I don't want drive. If you like the sound of the music being played during this podcast, then I encourage you to check out Jamie Anderson's collection of unique and original songs. Jamie has been singing and playing music since high school and began writing songs when she got bored with singing other people's songs. Bella Books published her memoir, Drive All Night, in 2014, and her second book, An Army of Lovers, in 2019. An Army of Lovers covers women's music in the 70s and 80s. You can hear Jamie's music, see her tour dates, and check out her YouTube channel at her website, jamieanderson.com. Welcome back to the What's New at Bella podcast. I'm Becky Harmon and with me today is my fellow Bella Books author, Jesse Chandler. So, let's do the fun part and talk about your book. Oh, okay. So, my first question, you know, aside from the content of the book, is that if mm-hmm. I remember correctly, it was named Puzzle Box in the beginning. Yes. Which, yes. having read I'm I'm probably a little more than halfway through. And Mm -hmm. I can see how Puzzle Box was a good name. So how come you changed
1: it? Was that encouragement from Bella or was that your choice? It was my choice. Um, I had talked to somebody, I can't remember who, who had read a previous version before. I mean, like a third of what you you have as a book. And um, they didn't really feel like Puzzle Box, there was enough in there to uh, name it that. And so I thought about it and it comes up. But... Maybe it wasn't the right title because it's not about strictly that. There's so much more. Okay. And so when I was thinking about this as a series, initially before I decided it wasn't going to be a series because I was never going to write again, um, <laughs> I had. <laughs> we can explore that later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I had called it the quest series, you know, so each book could be a quest. Oh. That was my initial thought before everything fell apart and then came back together. And so Quest for Redemption was a title I had thought about. And as I got further and further into it, I realized how much that really fit. It, because there's so much, so many parts of her quest for redemption, you know, whether it's it's for how she's treated people or Kate or um, her team that she lost. Do we um, need to edit In that? Aleppo. mm no, that's not, that's part of the, I, mean, the I think blurb. it's on the back cover copy. Okay. Something like that. Okay. I can't even, uh, it's hard to get old and you can't see things.
0: It's, n- <laughs> it's not that you can't see, Jesse. it's yeah. that your arms aren't long enough. That's it. Yes. Damn it. Shh. I think as you My get, mother
1: made, made me short.
0: As you get older, your arms shrink and that- <laughs>
1: That's it. Yes, I like your thinking. (laughs) So I've got a pair of reading glasses this year. And of course, I don't know where they are. (laughs) But they do help when I wear them. (laughs) They might be my backpack. Not sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But anyway, so <laughs> going back to the quest. Okay. So she's got a lot of redemption she needs to do, so it fits. So yeah, poor, I, poor Flynn. I think it does fit. So the first book I ever wrote was for National Novel Writing Month, NaNoWriMo, and it was called Operation Rose Seller. And I sold roses for a year out in New Jersey with Betty on the street, <laughs> <Did you laughs> which is a long story. <gasps> I did. It was. I was an awesome seller even got flashed by this one guy who came by on holidays, and he, he'd give you 40 bucks, but he always had his pants open, and he held the money in far enough, you had to grab it. I'm afraid to even <clears throat> ask
0: how you um, got into doing that.
1: Well, Betty lived out in Jersey, and we met online in 95, and so I was still in college out here, and I would go out and visit her periodically, and what I didn't know is that she and her family made their living by selling these roses on the street. Well, basically most of the time they were on the entrance ramps that go into the Holland Tunnel and there was one other place where they would sell too. So after I graduated, I wound up with an internship in New York City and it was at a events production company and I hated it. You had to dress up, not even hardly dress up, but dress up way more than I was happy with and really weird people, really New York and I'm not really New York. So After the three months of the internship, I was done and I needed to find a job (laughs) that paid money because I didn't pay any money. But I I will say going into New York City every day was amazing. You come up out of the subway and I can still see the huge buildings and just the the energy of the city is insane. But so anyway. What was your degree in? uh, (laughs) It was in uh, mass communications, television, journalism with a minor in criminal justice. Wow. But it was supposed to be a major in criminal justice, but Jesse can't do math. And Jesse needed to take a statistics class to graduate. It was one class left. But in order for me to take that statistics, I needed to start at math 80. And it would have been another year and a half of math before I could have taken statistics and graduated. So I changed my major to one that didn't need any math mass communications and made criminal justice my minor so i'm still picturing you guys on the street so you would have to wrap them all up and put them in buckets with water and, and then you would drive to your staging area and then you grab a bucket and down you go you get bucket arm from holding it it would hurt your arm would ache <laughs> that's what we call yeah bucket arm you know yep. it's fascinating though to th- to think of when you're young, it
0: doesn't, nothing really matters. You know, no, you, you, it doesn't. You think it does in the moment,
1: but yes, but, it mattered to my mother a lot. <laughs> she wasn't real happy with that, but but after the year we moved, I hated it out there. I drug Betty back here, so then we went to work back at the bingo hall, so. But at least you didn't have Bucket Arm. I didn't have Bucket Arm, no, no, no. I tried to get a job in communications, and man, they're tight. They were very tight, hard to get into. And then if you did, it was minimum wage. And it was funny because I finally uh, applied for some state job that had communications in its title. I didn't know what it was. And I went to the interview, and it was to, to dispatch the state patrol. (laughs) <laughs> so I did that for three years. Well, that's what I was gonna ask you what
0: what communications actually is that like news media is that it was
1: that's what the concentration was on was news media um I have no i not really any interest in that. I don't know it didn't require math
0: <laughs> when you're thinking about the course that we've traveled to get to where we are today, yes,
1: yeah, it is crazy, you know. Yeah, And everybody seems to have a, a tale of travel. So is there anything else
0: about Quest that we can talk about without giving away? You know, I, I could like, I, I'm usually not a fan of a wide ranging book, you know, that starts young and goes. Me either.
1: I hate that. I hate, I won't read it, but I wrote one. Oh my God. And, and you yeah, did no, good, I'm with you. You, get a, you did a
0: good job, though. I, I feel like you gave enough to really care about the characters, but not so much that I was like, oh my gosh, are they ever going to grow up?
1: Right. Well, that's good. That's I, a plus.
0: <laughs> absolutely. I that thought, was it was, a,
1: thought it was great. I think, so I'd written that first part as a short story for a, a different time. And um, my editor and I talked about it and how to handle that, and that's how we came up with, don't making you love a delineation her? through that don't you love
0: medora what that don't you love
1: oh my god oh i can't even she's the one who who pulled me off the brink <laughs> honest to god yes yes i when i i turned in I, I i said this is a hot mess i have no idea what's going on i don't know if it's even a story and i'm ashamed of it take it away have someone look at it and we can always throw it out something to that effect and um so when she finally got back to me, she's like, this is so not a hot mess. And I'm like, <laughs> "What?" <"Wow." laughs> yes, she, you know, on a, all the boxes of needs I had at that moment in time, she checked them all off. As far as, you know, flipping out, I'm not a writer, I can't do this, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yes, you do, you are a writer, shut up, you're fine. <laughs> she didn't say shut up, though. So this
0: this. Quest for Redemption is in the Operation series? Is that how well, you're tagging
1: it? so I I needed to get Flynn overseas to make this work the way I wanted it to work. Basically to blow them up. <laughs> They're not going to get blown up in the States, really. Right. So... Um, I was, at first I was going to be the FBI and then I'm doing research. So I'm like, you know what? Hey, I don't want to do this right now. Um, I thought, well, up. I could put her in my fictional world. Lori Lake had suggested that I do that. I'm like, I don't want to do that either. Cause you know, I, I don't know. And so I got to the point after I'm done with the FBI, I'm like screw this. That I thought, well, maybe I better do that. <laughs> so i she winds up you know going off into the national protective and investigation unit the npiu and uh but i don't really show her much i have her come out to minneapolis but we don't see that really and um but that allowed me to create havoc have you met havoc yet no hostages and victim out of country i never heard of that (laughs) great i made it up yay So She she belongs to the unit. And the the, the NPIU creates this, this other thing where it's, it's called havoc, hostages and victims out of country. And what they do is they go and they, they basically try to extract American citizens when they're being held captive or whatever, by adding in the first part, you know, where you get to meet her and Kate and you kind of get an affinity for her. And then I was able to do more of the harder things with her that I think won't throw people quite so badly. I'm not the kind of person that can keep her there. So of course she gets redeemed out of some of that trouble. Some of it will carry on since there's going to be another book. And that's all due to Medora too. You've got to write another one. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. So by the time we're done, and I turned the last, the final one into her I said, yeah, there'll be another one. (laughs) So another one meaning with... I'm really liking Flynn enough, and I've got some really big balls to throw at her. Mm. Uh, Some involving her mom, some involving Tubbs, some involving her dad. Um, Not sure how I'm just going to work that out, but they're (laughs) they're a roller coaster. (laughs) She has no idea what's coming. So... In this case, I think I'll probably keep uh, keep her as the main focus. Um, but, like, so, like, in the next one, she's still going to be as part of the NPIU, but she's going to be transferred out to New York and working in their uh, art recovery project. Okay. So, the, again, the FBI has one, but now so do they. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so... Uh, but I think I will still have her more connected to Minneapolis where she's going to talk to Kaylin, the main, I don't, uh, Kaylin and, um, Alex, who are the main characters in operation stop hate. Mm -hmm. Um, because cool. Kaylin's actually her mentor. Uh, that's where she lands when she gets to Minneapolis, she lands with Kaylin. Cool. So but there's it's just a brief mention in this book okay. of that.
0: I, I love when there's crossover characters.
1: I do too. Uh, me too. Yes. Yep. And in fact, um at some point I think they'll probably show up in a shade book as well. Not this next one, but
0: Stay tuned for our final segment to find out more behind the scenes information from Jesse. Subscribe to the What's New Abella Bella podcast to make sure you don't miss our next episode. Bella Books debut author, Louise McBain, joins me to discuss her first novel, Claiming Camille, and tells about the unique way she spends her free time. You're listening to the What's New Abella Bella podcast. I'm your host, Becky Harmon, and with me today is my fellow Bella Books author, Jessie Chandler.
1: So what are you working on next? What's going Well, be right best? now I'm trying to just... Uh, madly get my my three middle books kind of re-edited. Um, Bella's gonna take them. Oh cool. And that's, yeah, that's super. Then I'm working on Shea 6, which is Shanghai murder. And Shea and company wind up out in Portland, Oregon. And there's <laughs> Shanghai tunnels under the city where men, in theory, have been uh, from the late 1800s to the mid-19s, like 1950-ish. Um, they could go into bars, they get drunk. There's dead drops where there's like a... a collapsing floor they get dropped into a cell and they get basically kidnapped and stuck on a boat that goes over to shanghai uh to china so Mm -hmm. she's gonna get you know stuck down in these tunnels and she's trapped and there's a murder that happens and there's some drugs and there's because uh, what happens is because she's underground, her cell phone, if she gets up toward the ceiling, sometimes will go through. And you know, if you have a find your phone feature, yeah. it'll ping. Yeah. Well, they're going to go to where she was pinged, but that was like 10 minutes ago, you know? So they're always one behind. And they so don't realize. want wanted to show that because it's kind of funny.
0: And they don't realize she's underground. They're looking for right. her on the surface. Yes.
1: Yes. And she's trying to text, but it's not going through. So, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. So, how did you
1: How did I start the Shea series? Um, So the first book when I did NaNoWriMo was Operation Rose Cellar. No, yeah, Rose Cellar. And then I did Operation Stop Hate. So when when I actually put it out in 2016, I rewrote the whole thing. Right, I really and I had it re-edited and all that stuff. Uh and if I I'll continue with that series too, I think, and I'll do Operation Roseeller, the first one as the next book as a flashback. Yeah. <laughs> um, because it's 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 got the the bones of a good story, but so that's gonna be a project. I don't know when I'll get there, but I'll get there. <laughs> but um so I wanted what I wanted to do initially, I wanted to write like Janet Ivanovich because she made me laugh. And yes. I wanted to make other people laugh. Life is too serious. We need these moments. I wanted to make a book that people could pick up and read for a little while, 10 minutes out of their day, and just lose themselves in it for that amount of time. They can come back to it. They don't have a huge amount of stuff to remember, because it's not super complex. Um, but give them an escape. So the first two books I thought were going to be like that, and they weren't. <laughs> so I decided I needed to just start over again with something different. And <laughs> I worked in bingo for 17 years, so bingo barge murder, Um, and so I kind of populated the book with folks, some folks that I knew. Like Coop is my, one of my employees at one of the borders that I worked at when I was a sales manager. He was my employee. His name was Paul. He was a six-foot-four chain-smoking vegetarian, and uh, the... There's a scene toward the end where there's a fish lady in Bingo Barge Murder in the Green Book, and uh, Shay and Eddie are hiding behind the fish uh, display, Mm -hmm. and they look over and they look up and they see this woman with uh, drooping pantyhose and polyester thing, and they get up to her head and she's got crabby and she's got glasses and they're weird colors, and there's a Kleenex stuffed in here. (laughs) Well, when I was working at the same borders where Paul worked, uh, a customer came in and this was before there was it kind of went if people brought books in you would return them and give them the cash back well it got to the point where people would go shopping on the shelves and come up with them and say i want to return these and get my money back so anytime somebody did that a manager had to go up see what the books were and go to the shelves to see if there were holes and if there were you're not going to give them the money back and so i was called up and here was this woman in a big billowy <laughs> i don't even know what colorful thing wearing these these granny glasses and they were like purple and green and they looked like fun but man she was not fun and she had a used kleenex stuck right here in the bridge of her glasses and i could hardly keep a straight face <laughs> as i'm going around looking for these books so of course i have to go up and tell granny that you know i'm not returning these books and she was pissed i'm like oh i'm gonna put you in a book so that became the rose the fishmonger and in, in bingo barge murder so, uh, and then in, in other books, too, I will often auction off names, like at VoucherCon, mm-hmm. and I've it at a GCLS, too, where, you know, you can be a character in my book kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I remember <laughs> before I read Hide and Snake, I was like, oh, Jesse, I can't read Snake. But then you, I know. you, you assured know me that it was not a real snake.
1: It's, so, you know, I work at that bookstore, but uh so they have my books there and I can hand sell them and I can't tell you how many people I would show and they're like I can't touch that I can't read that I'm like but it's just a toy snake doesn't matter so yeah there's some pluses and minuses of that title and I hate snakes I get it I get it but I totally get it but
0: once you read it and you well once you assured me that it wasn't a real snake I was fine with it
1: Well, see, and if I just would read that, that scene where he shows up, you know, it's just a, a toy stuffed neon green snake, you know, just a toy. And it it's was, squishy. And it was fitting to the story. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I needed something he could, like, why would he take it with him, Rocky? Why would he take this yeah. thing to New Orleans? And all I could come up with is something that he would just, like, drape over him. And what do you drape over that stuff does <laughs> make it work out?
0: I think one of the things that makes your story so fun, and mostly I'm talking about the Shea ones, not. Yeah. Is that aspect of fun?
1: I always try and put something that's kind of, like, from the past in it for, a like, a building. Um, Not so much in Bingo Barge, but then in Hide and Snake, they wind up at the the hockey center where the Mighty Ducks played, and that's where the big shootout took place. Uh, And that was real. That was in Fridley, a town down in the city. And it's been dozed now. It's gone altogether. And then in the fifth book uh gasoline alley that was i used to go there as a kid and it was shut down when i wrote it and it'd been shut down for about 15 years but i went back there and kind of walked around the edges and looked and i did one of the uh you know the google thing that goes down you can look at google or whatever yeah and so you could see how trashy it was and there's stuff floating in the pool and because it had bumper boats and they had uh go-karts or whatever and you could follow along the path and see where it was cracked and stuff was growing up. It was so freaky. And so that's why I put that there, you know, their big ending scene in in uh no, maybe it wasn't. Where was that? I don't know which book that was. Maybe that was Pickle. Yeah, that had to be Pickle in the middle, I think. It's not Chip. It's a, anyway, so that is was an old historical site, and now that's been bulldozed. And then in uh, Chip Off the Ice Block, they're running around an old um, insane asylum. And I have it in Princeton, but it's actually in Cambridge, which is 15 miles from Princeton, uh, kind of up north a little bit. And uh, I did a lot of, of research for that, too, and... It, I just love sticking them in these old, real places. So much fun. That's cool.
0: Yeah. And then and then uh the Renaissance Festival too. I mean that's a realistic Yeah, yeah,
1: Pickle in the Middle was a Renaissance festival. But it's a it's a great
0: environment. It's a fun environment to have them Yes. Yep. Trying to traverse. And that
1: that whole thing started because my cousin my my cousin Susie has a daughter named Alyssa, and Alyssa said to me, why don't you put a, a murderer in an outhouse? And, you know, we've got shitty old outhouses up home, and, I'm like, I just don't have nothing to do with that. And so we were at the Renaissance Festival, and I walked into the privies, as there's a big banner that says privies, <laughs> and I saw the big double wide, you know, the the um, handicapped one. I'm like, oh, she could take the dogs with her, <laughs> and it would be big enough to have a dead body. So that worked
0: out. As a writer, the things we think about when we're out and about. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I could have a it murder in this porta potty. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. So yeah, that worked. I I, I figured out the outhouse issue. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun one, and that's the one too where we learned stuff. I think about JT, and then there's the pool and the dog incident who pulls Eddie into the water. Um, they're trying to find out more about her, her dad, or some relative or grandpa maybe is in an old folks home and. So they go to talk to him and he is in the pool with a couple other old guys. They're watching the the women do their water aerobics and they have the two dogs with. And I don't know which one Eddie must have had dog, I think. And they're they're watching this go on and they're trying to call to this guy and they the men start paddling over to their side and and Bogey has the problem of sticking his nose into people's crotches. <laughs> and so <clears throat> he he sticks it into the crotch of jt's grandpa or whatever he is and and he freaks out and bogey gets excited and leaps and so eddie was had to head bogey because she flies into the water and she's laughing so hard she can hardly get her out so i would read that out loud at different venues different events and stuff and i would crack myself up every time i'm so funny you know there's something to be said
0: <laughs> for having a niche in humor though
1: yes but i agree because the world is playing serious enough Let's wrap this up. Okay. So uh, we sell things online like um, decals that we cut out of vinyl that you might see on the back of people's windows that it's the stick figure family, but we don't do the stick figure family. We do other (laughs) things. And we sell on eBay and Amazon. And we just recently got started on Etsy because I've always liked art and I've painted way back in high school and a little bit in junior high and through high school and I knew that the painting would never do me. I could never make a living off of it. So I quit when I graduated. And when we moved up here, there was a mixed media class that was just starting. And I started taking it. I started taking the class, hit it off with the, the instructor, Paige, and four other, three, three other girls. They're older gals, like in their 60s, I think. And um, so I've been doing all kinds of mixed media paintings. So they have collage in them. They've got paint. They've got. All kinds of crazy things, and they're all brightly colored, and they're happy. And I am a colorful person, and that makes me happy. So that's why I'm doing the art. I love and it. We we opened a store up on Etsy, and you've seen it. Mm-hmm. And um, I have purchased from it. You did purchase. I didn't know if I could say that or not. But thank you for that. <laughs> that's awesome. So the last couple of years, St. Cloud does, has an art crawl, and they've invited me to be the book artist. And I'd get paid 150 bucks, and I'm there for, you know, five hours or whatever. Well, the organizer knew I was doing some art now. So they said, well, do you want a booth for your art too? I'm like, sure. They weren't going to charge me for it at all. And I didn't have enough to put up there. So the whole family got involved, which that's how I became the crazy family. And we, we did a lot of cutting out of the canvases and stapling them on backwards and doing the art on the inside and stuff like that. So that's how those... Happened like
0: that. Well, it's beautiful. The so. piece that I have is is beautiful.
1: I love it. Well, I'm glad you like it. Thank I, you. I, I hope do. it makes you feel good because that's what the point of it is to me.
0: Well, um, if I was going to ask you to share something about you that the readers probably don't know,
1: you can tell that I was a downhill uh, ski racer in high school and I threw the shot put and in discus into college. You casually
0: mentioned that earlier, and then I kind of, we moved past it, and I forgot. You were downhill?
1: Yeah, well, slalom. Uh, what we do here in Minnesota is slalom. <laughs> we don't have, you know, great big hills where you can just go straight downhill, which would have been awesome. I would have loved that. But yeah, slalom <laughs> ski, slalom, slalom race. Giant slalom, the slalom, the yeah. downhill. Okay. You All can right. Google it. Right. <laughs> Google slalom skiing, and you see what you get.
0: Jesse is the author of five Shea O'Hanlon series titles as well as Operation Stop Hate and her brand new title out this month, Quest for Redemption. You can find all of Jessie's books at bellabooks.com. that's it for us today. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and that you'll share it with your friends. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll be the first to know who I'm chatting with. You can share your likes and dislikes of this podcast by reaching out to becky at bellabooks.com
1: We are rushing
0: forward I'll take you I'll take you anywhere Bella Books is proud to provide books where the woman always wins and the story lingers in our minds long after the last words. Special thanks to singer-songwriter and Bella Books author Jamie Anderson for the use of her song Drive All Night during this podcast. You can find out more information about Jamie including a link to her YouTube channel at jamieanderson.com
1: all night Drive